Welcome to the So She Is podcast. I am your host, Katie Neary, and this podcast is your one-stop shop for all things manifestation, neuroscience, spiritual evolution, and how to tap into your infinite potential and live a life beyond your wildest dreams. I know that you clicking play today is no accident, and I am so grateful for you being here. With that said, let's get this party started. Since you guys always ask what rituals I do or how I tap into my most abundant self, I am so excited to announce that So She Is has partnered with Freak Rituals, aka my number one brand for all things rituals. Freak Rituals is a woman-owned company that creates high-frequency experiences to help normalize the feeling of wealth, freedom, and love. Their modern manifestation tools are designed to help free your body of any restricting thoughts, patterns, and beliefs, taking those feelings from new to deja vu. I personally have the She Makes Bank collection, and it comes with an elixir, a candle, and a room spray. My two favorites are the elixir and the candle. For the elixir, I just put 10 drops into my water before I go into a meditation or breathwork practice. It doesn't taste like anything crazy, but the results I get are absolutely crazy. I've never been able to go so deep, and I really just accredit the elixir to that. And the candle is the frequency of wealth. It really smells like what I would assume wealth smells like. I can't get enough of it. I light it every single time I'm working or just when I want the frequency of wealth to take up space in my room or any room in my house. I just cannot recommend these products or this brand enough. Everything is so intentional and each product comes with its own meditation to help guide anyone at any point on their spiritual journey. Just go check them out in the description box and use code so she is at checkout for a discount and let me know how you like them. All right, let's jump into today's episode. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to So She Is. I am so excited to jump into today's episode about money and money beliefs because boy, do we carry these as a society. Like the ickiness around money that so many of us feel. Uh, It's just been passed down for so many generations. Beliefs, I believe, can be passed down up to 13 years into your lineage. And they can also come from past lives or just and or core beliefs from this lifetime. And they are all just so ingrained in us collectively. It's something that is way more common than uncommon to have I'm going to say unhealthy beliefs or relationship with money. And it's unhealthy because it's not serving either person, either party. It's not serving you. It's not serving money. And that's why it's unhealthy. And my approach, like most things, to money is not mainstream at all. And that's why it's so important for me to keep myself in integrity with them and honor my money beliefs and my approach to money. Because when you have a non-conformist approach to money or really anything, it is so easy to energetically get sucked back in by the mainstream. And at the end of the day, like we don't come out of the womb thinking, oh man, I better get to work soon so I can make money. Oh, I feel so guilty relaxing when I should be working hard to make money. Like, no, you're a baby. These beliefs are passed down and picked up and ingrained in us as the truth. They are not who we are, nor are they stuck with us forever, nor does it have to be their life, your life if you don't want it to be. And that's why I'm here. I'm here to share 
first how common these beliefs are and that they are just a belief or beliefs. And a belief is a set of thoughts and feelings that join together in the subconscious mind and create a framework to help explain the existence of something as if it were objective truth. And so many of us hold beliefs around money that are completely out of alignment with what we are trying to manifest or call in. And these beliefs are essentially lies we've told ourselves over and over and over again until it became the truth to us. And it makes sense why we have beliefs like this. I mean, beliefs really help us explain and justify like why negatively emotionally charged events occurred in our lives. Like this happened to me because and having a sentence to follow the because is something that feels really good in the body, in the mind, and especially when you're young to have a justification for something that then becomes ingrained as a belief or the truth. Like that feels good. So there's no shame in the beliefs you currently have. I'm just here to highlight why these beliefs are absolute bullshit and how we can step into our power around money and become a money magnet and to truthfully heal the trauma around money because at the end of the day, I said it once, I'll say it a gazillion times, awareness is everything. And once you are ha- or once you are aware or have awareness around a belief, you can put it under a magnifying glass, really look at it. You can poke holes at it and find evidence as to why the beliefs you hold are actually not true, nor are they serving you in any way. (laughs) And I'm going to share three to four beliefs, and I may make this a multiple parter if it it hits home or resonates, but I'm just going to share how these beliefs show up, how they limit you, and provide some evidence as to why they are not the truth. And let's say you don't resonate with them or what I say, like, or, or you're like, that's not the case for me. I'm, I'm different. I'm unique. Well, then that's on you to poke holes at your own belief system and really find the evidence on your own. Because like I said, all beliefs are made up. So the ball's in your court to spend the time to poke holes, find as much evidence as you possibly can and work through these beliefs that really aren't serving you. Okay. Belief number one, You have to work really hard and sacrifice a lot to make money. This is a big one for so many people. And personally, I have this one too. I had to, this was a big one to dismantle. I always played sports and it has been ingrained in me that you need to sacrifice and work extremely hard to see any success. And if you don't see success, you just need to work harder. I mean, it's praised in the sports world. I also grew up with a dad who literally preached this belief that you have to work hard for money specifically, and he was pretty chill on the sports side because I was a naturally competitive psychopath, but whenever he would talk about how he makes his living, it always would come back to the concept of working extremely hard and sacrificing and putting work above all else. And not only was that said out loud, but it was also shown in his actions as the truth. Like he would answer the phone all the time, no matter what the scenario was. He always worked when we went on family vacations. And this isn't me saying anything negatively about him or his parenting. This is just me showing how these beliefs are so ingrained in us as truth from a young age. And like I mentioned in the intro, the sentence of my dad has to travel and miss a lot because he has to work hard to make money 
Well, that part of the sentence that follows the because justifies his absence and is how the subconscious mind accepts it as the truth and helps process or make sense of his absence. And just to bring you back to safety, like, well, that's just the way it is. And the funny thing is, is that my dad does do well for himself and is quite comfortable at this point in his life. He literally still works from 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. by choice, probably longer. I don't even know. He also like says he never really wants to retire. Not 100. I, I don't know. But I just always wonder how much he could actually make if he would just dismantle some of the scarcity belief around money and that money's scarce. And a lot of us grew up with parents who grew up with parents who grew up with parents who grew up with parents that survived the Great Depression with scare- where scarcity was everywhere. There was tangible proof that supplies were limited and there isn't enough to go around. And this is just a perfect, that's just a perfect example of how these beliefs get passed on generationally. So let's talk about why this belief of it takes a lot of hard work and sacrifice to make a lot of money is not beneficial for you to believe. And the amount of hard work and sacrifice people think it takes to make a million dollars or 500k or whatever you desire is a really screw is really screwed or skewed because this belief alone is can keep you from even wanting to make more money in the first place. I mean like Who wants to put themselves through hell to live their dream life? Like, oh, if you want to make a million dollars, you have to die, basically. Like, that's a big hell no from me. Like, if I believed in order to live my dream life, it's going to take grueling hard work in a lifetime of sacrifice. Like, uh, no thanks. I might as well just stick with corporate America. At least it has some sort of stability, maybe some good insurance. I two weeks vacation, like at least I gotta get a break. Like, no. And if I had this belief, I would not be doing this podcast because it would be a waste of time because the ROI or return on investment just isn't there. And all the non-tangible stuff that comes from creating an audience and sharing all of this for free just wouldn't be worth it because it's not the busy work that so many of us believe brings this level of success. So, The main way I've worked through this belief and how I started to question it or put it under a magnifying glass is if the people who work the hardest are the ones who make the most money or working really hard and making sacrifices is the secret to wealth, then why is it that construction workers, farmers, restaurant workers, or people who take care of elders at assisted living how come they aren't the wealthiest people in the world? And asking this question like that and seeing that, okay, it's actually not true, then makes you go, hmm. So according to who is this belief true or who does this benefit? Because when I took this belief, I was like, okay, if construction workers aren't making the millions and millions, but they sacrifice and work hard, okay, like now let's Let's go further and look at when this belief came to be and who it served when it was formed. Because boy, is it outdated. Because this belief came to life and started to become ingrained in us 
during the Industrial Revolution. And production was key then, right? Like the more you worked, the more you produced, like the factory, the more the people, there, the more that there was people there and the more people that worked, more things could be produced and therefore more could be sold and therefore the factory would make more money. So it's very convenient to teach and ingrain this belief in employees' minds that the harder and the more that they worked, the more successful they would be. Because this belief was incredibly beneficial for the production. But now we are in the age of computers or the technology age or information age. Like all the factories are basically ran by machines. I mean, I know there's quality control. I'm not, I mean, I'm not a factory worker, so I, nor do I run a factory. So I don't know all the steps, but most of the time it is ran by machines and people don't need to work as hard to produce more. Like these machines can literally work as hard or as fast as we program them to. So see how outdated it is? Another example is how you used to have to go door to door to sell things or you had to do door to door sales and you were pretty limited to the area you lived in. And if you had a car, you could go as far as the car would basically let you. And that was how you, if you had something to sell, that was how you did it. Versus me right now talking to thousands of you on one podcast. Like if this was a decade or two back, like I would have had to knock on each and every single one of you who pushed play. I would have to go to your door. I would have to stand in front of you. I would have had to tell you this whole podcast message and I would be exhausted. Like, like where now you can literally type an email or a post on social media or post a podcast and you can hit thousands of people in your target market at one time and can make far more sales out of just one post, podcast, or email. Literally, like, like this is literally probably a door-to-door salesman in the 1990s, like, wet dream. Like, what? You have this? So, see, this belief just doesn't hold up still. But unfortunately, this belief of the harder we work, the more we make is still in our collective consciousness because it's been around and taught and ingrained for centuries, even though we just proved it's not true. Like, literally, corporate America, in the here and now job I used to work in, thank God, not my boss, but other managers would have people doing so much because they really believed and bought into this old paradigm way of smile and dial, like, you better be making 200 calls a day or you don't want to be here. Oh, yeah, bro. Ah. Like, that was literally my experience. <laughs> that was my experience in a summary. Just kidding. <laughs> Anyways, in this new information or this new age of information, it is actually the smarter we work, the more in alignment we work, the more successful we become. We are so supported by technology that can help us reach so many people at once in such a short amount of time that it really allows for freedom and space in your life to to live. Like you don't have to be a slave to create money because there is proof. There is proof like you do not have to sacrifice all of your well-being to get to make to make money. And my last bit on this belief is that you see a ton of people or examples of people in who in society who 
work really hard and make a lot of money. You see a lot of examples of people who work really hard and make no money. You see a lot of people or examples who don't work hard and make a ton of money. And you see people who don't work hard and don't make money. So if all of these scenarios exist and it's not exclusively true for every single human that to be successful, you must sacrifice and work hard, then why choose to believe it? Here's another way I see it. Money comes from source or source energy through other people. And money comes through source through other people through the value that you add to the world, in, especially in regards to the value you add to other people. So basically, when you give energy, you receive energy. And the more value you give, the more it will be reflected in the money and the energy you receive back. It's why the construction worker or the assisted living nurse makes far less than the NFL player. I mean, in one game, an NFL player or a professional athlete influences and or and or adds value to millions of viewers. And it has the domino effect of how these athletes playing games on TV then make bars and restaurants so much money and add value to their business. And the value added just is expanded throughout and the reach is astronomical versus the construction worker who's working on one building for two years is very limited to the lives that, while that building probably has like some traffic go through it, it's nowhere near the Sunday football and that expansive domino effect that generates so much value to so many people. And while that might feel triggering to some or unfair at the end, at the end of the day, if you add a lot of value, you are going to get paid in proportion to it. Literally, nobody cares how many hours it took you to add that value or the hours you spend behind your computer because they aren't paying for those hours. They are paying the value you added to their lives or to their business. Money is also an energy you have to receive as much as you work for it. It is not just the working for it. It's the masculine and the feminine aspects of ourselves. And that has nothing to do with gender. Think of the yin and yang energy, the balance, the harmony. And the feminine energy is all about the receiving. And the masculine energy is all about the working or the doing. And there has to be a balance of both of those energies for there to be harmony because without one, obviously there would be some sort of imbalance there. And sometimes with money and honestly anything, people have this either or thinking like it has to like the money has to either land in your lap or you have to go out there and earn it and the either or is not serving us because it's in the both we need to live the more you can handle the paradoxical energy and allow things to coexist and that there's no either or in this world the more at peace you will be in life and for me I work hard. I really love working hard. I put a lot of effort into things I create, like this podcast. I love the creation process. I love ideas and being a visionary and taking action, but I also equally 
work on or practice receiving a lot and holding space to receive a lot. And I take a lot of rest and I prioritize fun over everything. Literally fun is on my to-do list every day because the more fun I have, the more I can receive and the more in joy and in flow I am. And I basically just get in the alignment of receiving tons of money and then allow the universe to pick the way I receive it and which outlets it comes through or avenues it comes through to me. I also work on my worthiness around money and maintaining the beliefs around money that support my vision. Because like I said, all beliefs are made up. So if you need to make up a belief around money in order for it to support your vision or your life, I am here to give you the permission slip that you need because there is no right or wrong here because both the negative and positive beliefs are made up in the first place. And my final thought on this is that the belief that you need to hustle and grind and suffer in order to be successful or make money reflects that you do not believe you are worthy of it therefore you need to prove it and that is why worthiness is a huge part in the relationship with money because it it will manifest in so many different ways if you don't work on your worthiness like you will sacrifice everything for work and you will be doing a bunch of busy work that probably isn't even revenue generating just because you want to be able to say like oh don't worry, I worked really hard for this. Like, I deserve this money. I, I have made so many sacrifices to earn it. So, like, no worries. I made sure I earned it. Like, what? No, 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 no. Is that what you want, truthfully? You you want to, ah, ah. Like, why not feel worthy of money no matter how much you receive or where it comes from and just... If there's one thing you could trust me on, trust me on this one. Belief number two, money just isn't that important to me. When you say things like this, you express that money is not a priority to you. Therefore, of course, money's not going to flow to you. It's like playing the drums is something that's not important to me. So of course I don't prioritize becoming a better drummer or improving my drumming skills. So whether you like it or not, money exists and it will exist as long as we are here, just like anything else that has roots in the energetic world, like the the air that we breathe or the sunshine we absorb or the food that we eat. All of these are so crucial to to our survival and money is a resource and a tool that is just needed in society. And on an energetic level, anything you put under a microscope, and I'm talking a really strong microscope, you will see a bunch of vibrating atoms and the atoms are made up of 99.999999 forever percent empty space. So there's just that 0.001% of matter and the rest of it is just empty space or energy. So I know I say this all the time, but everything at its most broken down basic form is energy. And money is a physical manifestation of its of the energy that exists here, whether we like it or not. So we might as well learn to cultivate a relationship with it. it. It's how you relate 
to the energy of money that determines how much you have. Like, I want to play a game with you really quick and let's replace money with any other relationship that means something to you. Like, imagine if you looked at your spouse, your partner, your best friend, your dog, your cat, your sister, whoever. You look them in the eyes and you said, yeah, you just aren't that important to me. How would that make them feel? How would that, how would completely disregarding their existence make them feel? How would their energy shift towards you? They would probably be like, uh, okay, like WTF and fuck you basically. (laughs) Like, and energetically by saying like, oh yeah, you aren't, you just aren't important to me. That relationship would probably deteriorate. And it's the same situation with money and the energy of money. Now, I know there are some opposites to this. And some people put money on a pedestal and they make money the most important relationship to them. It's like they're everything and they prioritize it over everyone else, over anyone else, their family, their friends, their own health, and they give all their time to it because it's on this pedestal. It's almost like a godlike relationship. And that's the other extreme to this belief and in an unhealthy relationship to money. The same as like ignoring it. It's that obsessive, like it's just the opposite side. So when we think about cultivating a relationship with money, it it's not the highest priority of all. Like, an ex- like the example I just gave, that was like super extreme. But it just needs to be a high priority on your list, like like your boyfriend or girlfriend or romantic relationship, because it's an essential part of living, just like breathing air is a high priority in life. And having money and cultivating a relationship with money gives you options and makes you have resources and allows you to make decisions based on alignment, not out of scarcity. And when money is valued and a high importance in your life, you can experience freedom like you've never felt. And you can make decisions from alignment of what is of value to your highest expansion as a human versus how much something costs. And you get there by knowing and feeling that the relationship you have with money is a stable one. It's having that inner knowing that money is energy and is infinitely available just waiting for you to tap into it like literally the richer people get the less they think about money because they aren't stressing about the lack of it and when you're thinking beyond money it's when your needs are completely taken care of and you just know there is an overflow and an abundance coming to you and the stress of how much things cost or what's coming in or what's going out they just fall to the side And once you establish the relationship with money and you see it as something that is a part of your life, you'll be able to shift into gratitude for it rather than the focusing on the lack of it. And you don't have to constantly obsess over it. You can look at other things in your life knowing that money is money and you guys got each other. I like, why I reframe personally of how I like to think about my relationship with money and a a goal relationship with money is think of money as that old friend that is just the best because you don't have to talk every day. You don't get jealous of any new friends they have. You are genuinely happy for them when they win. 
and when you guys start talking again, it's like you pick up exactly where you left off. And it's just like the most solid friendship you can describe. That's how I picture the ideal relationship with money. You know you have each other's backs. You know in a heartbeat you'd be there. You don't obsess over the decisions they make or what they do with their life. And at the end of the day, there is just that deep, deep love and respect there between the two of you. Belief number three, money can't buy you happiness. And my immediate answer to this is, duh. I mean, first of all, happiness is a state of being, not an end goal. And you can tap into the energy of happiness or tap into a state of happiness whenever you want or whenever you need it, you need to. Uh, But what money can do is provide and cultivate space in your life to bring more joy and bring more fulfillment. And I always encourage others and I actively ask myself, if I was a billionaire and didn't have to work for money, what would I do? If I didn't have to work for money, where would I invest my time? What would I do for work? Like so often people can't even answer this question because they can't even fathom the idea of being that abundant because they are so busy just trying to get by. And the energy of just trying to get by is so constricting and leaves you little to no room to play in the land of infinite possibilities. And I, I'm not even talking big infinite possibilities. Let's talk, let's talk more practical infinite possibilities like taking a two-hour lunch break versus a 30-minute one, or taking a dream vacation without worrying about the logistics of taking time off. Like, when you're in the energy of constriction or just trying to get by, there is no space to even entertain these types of ideas. And I feel like as a collective, there are these very contrasting energies or beliefs, like that money will buy you happiness, But also money cannot buy you happiness. And I mean, it all makes sense because in these places of zero space, it's easy to understand why society or the collective that holds that belief, like you have to work your ass off until you die to make money, paints the picture that money buys happiness. If you buy the car, you will be happy. If you buy the house, you'll be happy. But at the same time, when you're struggling to manifest money, like society will also paint and it's easy to believe when they when it is painted that money can't buy you happiness. And since it won't buy you happiness, it's okay to struggle. And going back to the previous belief, it's not like it matters to me anyways. Like, I'm fine with my mediocre life. Like, it's such a conflicting message. Like, that money buys you, will buy you happiness, but money can't buy you happiness. So why even bother? Like, no wonder we have such a love-hate relationship with money. And it's when you realize like money won't buy you happiness, but it will provide you the space that you need that will allow you to slow down and discover yourself and find joy and be happy and make decisions from alignment that you'll realize there's a connection between here between money and happiness. It's not it's just not the way society teaches it or paints it out to be like abundance, happiness and wealth. For one person, it could be massive homes, dream cars, expensive clothing, and champagne. But for another human, it could be an RV life and traveling the world and exploring new places. But guess what? 
in both instances, you need money to do those things. And having money allows them to buy the ability to do it whenever they want with whoever they want at any point they want. And so once you ditch the image that society has painted, you can take a step back and realize that you can create any version of life you desire and be happy in the process of doing it. So that's all I have for you today. I hope you enjoyed it. I am planning on making this a multiple parter. So stay tuned. I would absolutely love to know if you like this, if it home. Please leave a five-star review and tag us on Instagram at at so she is underscore podcast and I will see you in the next episode. I love you so much. Goodbye. If you enjoyed today's episode, please send it to a friend. Tag us on Instagram at at so she is underscore podcast and leave a five-star review so we can help build, grow, and expand this podcast to anyone who it needs to reach. Thanks so much and we'll see you in the next episode.